Orchestra. Take your Bibles and turn to Ecclesiastes. As you're turning to Ecclesiastes, can I challenge you over the next several weeks? Uh, we still have a few of our gift tracks left, and we've gotten lots out. And I, it's exciting to me every time I walk past the track display, its tracks are missing. And I'm hoping you're not just taking them home and using them to start your fires with, but uh, I'm excited to see that you're taking these and giving these away. And uh, we do have uh, the ones you see on the wall there. We have those and just a few more left of these gift tracks. Uh, now, when they're gone, we're going to be designing another one similar to this uh, that will be more of a, a less wintry look to the outside. They've been very well received. We're going to make some more. Uh, but encourage you to get some of these and uh, share them, uh, share the gospel uh, via tracks that way. What a wonderful opportunity we have to do so. Look in your Bibles here at Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse number 13. Ecclesiastes, of course, the book of the preacher, Ecclesiastes, uh, God gave to Solomon as an old man near the end of his life as God would give to him to pen these wonderful words. These, verse 12 and verse 13, I'm sorry, verse 13 and verse 14, the very last two verses of the book of Ecclesiastes, uh, have been a powerful uh, passage in my life since I was a young man. My uh, passage that I look to is a theme that I realize we ought to live by. But I want us to look at just verse 13 this morning. It says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Let's pray together this morning, and I want to talk to you about what is the conclusion. What is the conclusion? Let's pray together. Lord, I would ask for your help today. Lord, I'm thankful that I don't have to preach without you without your spirit, without your word, and without your power. Lord, I confess this morning I need you. Lord, help me. Lord, I pray that you would speak and do what I cannot do, that you would move in hearts. Lord, I pray today on this very last day of 2023 that if there be one here this morning that knows you not as Savior, Lord, before the calendar changes, before a new year begins, that they would understand the love of God. They would understand that you loved us so much that even though we're sinners and hopeless and nothing good we have to offer, that you died in our place, you became flesh and dwelt amongst us, you rose again and paid our debt. We see the gospel. Lord, I pray that they would receive and believe the gospel today to be a new creature in Christ. Lord, what a, there could be no more fitting thing that could happen in a person's life than that someone who doesn't know you would today on the end of this year, the beginning of a new year, become a new creature in Christ. Lord, work in our hearts as we think about what we ought to do, your conclusion for us. Lord, would you be glorified. In your precious name we pray. Amen. The question before us this morning, quite literally, 
what is the conclusion. That word conclusion we use as an ending. We are concluding the last day of 2023, coming to the end. But as we do so, we also understand we're going to have a new, if the Lord tarries, is coming, a new beginning, a new year. As we look here in this passage, as we see God's conclusion, the conclusion that God gave to Solomon, after everything was seen, everything was examined, the final conclusion came. I heard a story of someone who went to the hospital and said, my whole body is in pain. How many of you have felt like that before? <laughs> I'll never forget the words I said to Josh as I slurred them at Camp Joy the last August 28th, I think it was. As he said to me, immediately following the accident on my bike, are your legs okay? My answer was that my legs are okay, but I think the rest of my body is broken. And we've all felt that way, that everything is broken. Everything hurts, especially when you get a bit older. Brother Jim told me it gets really hard when you get as old as he is. But you start to just have pain and hurt. And this, this lady went to the doctor, and she was in tremendous pain. And she sat in the doctor's office and, and she said, Doctor, when I press my, push my arm, ah, my arm hurts really bad. And I touch my shoulder, ah, my shoulder hurts. And I touch my knee, ah, my knee hurts. The doctor finally realized the only thing that hurt on her was her finger. Every time she pushed somewhere, <laughs> she was feeling pain. And that was probably my problem. I just had one little thing. I, but the conclusion was, your finger's broken. What's the conclusion from the Word of God? What's the conclusion about how we ought to live? As we stand on the precipice of a new year, as we have a new opportunity, I talked about my golfing expertise this morning during our adult Sunday school class. And by the way, my golfing expertise is limited to uh, windmills and putt-putt. But in golf, there is something not in proper golf called a mulligan. You ever heard of a mulligan? If I ever went golfing, I'd have to have mulligans. Oh, I'm going to call a mulligan there. I want to start over. I want to do over. We have a bit of a do-over ahead, a new year. So what is this morning, from the Word of God, the conclusion? I want to share a few thoughts with you about what God would want for us in the new year if he tarries his coming. How we can honor the Lord. You know, to answer all the questions about what all is going to happen in the new year and what's going to come for you and for me and what's going to happen for our church and for our families, we don't have all those answers, but God does. And we can trust him. But one thing that we can know one thing that we can conclude, one thing that we can come to the conclusion of this morning without a doubt and without a question is that we need to be faithful in all of our doings for God this year. In our text, it says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. 
keep his commandments. For that's the whole duty of man. I want to challenge you very quickly this morning. I want the word of God to challenge all of us in four areas. Four areas that I believe that we need to be faithful in. Four areas that we need to allow the Lord to work on us in the new year to help us. And number one is simply this, be faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to the Lord. Romans 8, 29 says, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Christian, how can you, how can I be faithful to the Lord in 2024? By being conformed to his image. By being conformed. That is yielding to the direction that God wants for your life. Yielding to the direction God wants for your family. Yielding to the direction God wants for your service. Yielding your mind, your heart, your hands, your feet, every aspect of your life to the Lord. As God shapes us and makes us faithful to Him, yielding to Him. We do that by presenting our bodies a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12 reminds us of this. I beseech you, or I beg you, in our vernacular today, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Christian, if we're to be faithful to the Lord, we need to be surrendered in sacrifice. When Abraham took his son, his only son, up on Mount Moriah, and he brought the fire and the wood with him, and his son said, but dad, where's the lamb? Abraham said, God will provide himself a lamb. But Abraham didn't stand there and watch the altar. Abraham laid his son on the altar. Abraham no doubt bound the hands and feet of his son. Abraham took up the knife to sacrifice his son. And God stayed his hand. And God did provide himself a lamb. But Abraham was willing to yield and sacrifice his son. Christian, this year, if we're really to find and come to the conclusion of what we ought to do in the year to come, if we're to worship and honor the Lord and be faithful to the Lord, it's going to involve us laying ourselves on the altar and saying, God, I, I surrender. I sacrifice myself. By the way, we have to die daily. Why? Because we keep wanting to get up off the altar. But we need to be surrendered to him. Matthew 25, verse 23, the Bible says, His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee rule over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. Christian, as we look upon a new year to serve the Lord, to be faithful to the Lord, can I encourage you? Can, can the word of God challenge you this morning? 
that we need to seek more areas and more ways to be faithful. Many of us this morning would say, Pastor, I, I've grown this year, and so many have, and I'm, I'm excited to see Christians growing, new believers growing, uh, those that have been saved for many years, uh, some of you maybe that struggled, and God is bringing and, and doing amazing things in your life, and how wonderful that is. But don't be satisfied. Let's not be content with what God has done in our life so far. Let's ask God to do more. Let's ask God to grow us, to grow our faith. If we're going to be faithful to the Lord, being faithful to the Lord is not just finding a little area of faith and standing on that area of faith. Being faithful to the Lord involves growing in that faith, being faithful in more areas. By the way, the Bible says uh, we become unwise when we compare ourselves among ourselves. God doesn't want me to look and say, well, I'm, I'm more faithful than her. I'm more faithful than him. Oh, am I more faithful than I was yesterday? Am I more faithful to God in areas today than I was a week ago? Am I going to be more faithful in the year to come than I was in this year? But the conclusion is we need to be faithful to God. To be faithful to God, your measure of Christian character. Our measure of Christian character is determined by our faithfulness to him. Our faithfulness to him. Most people know, know me. I'm a, I'm a dog person. I know this because I, I have, have read about it, but I also know it because I, I expected it to be true. I talked to folks that go to crime scenes or go when they find someone that has passed. And if you pass away in your home alone and you have a cat, did you know that a few moments after you take your last breath that Mr. or Mrs. Cat starts to eat you? How many of you knew that? You can get rid of your cats right now. Oh, <laughs> cats are wonderful. They kill mice, praise God. But they will. They, you stop breathing, Brother Bonnie, if you have a cat. Man, as soon as, as soon as Bonnie passes, you know, while, while Chris is holding the pillow over his face and <laughs> he takes his last breath and she leaves him there, that cat, the cat starts chewing on him. But they say the same folks that I've read some studies about said that if you have a dog. Now, not all dogs, but most dogs will wait a while. few days might pass. They say the, the little dogs are the first ones to start eating. But eventually, most dogs even are going to go, well, if nobody else is going to eat, I, I guess I will. I know it's a, not a kind of a morbid thought, but we think of the faithfulness of our pets but eventually, even that faithful, loyal companion says, I got to survive. I got to survive. What is the measure of our faithfulness to God? What does it take for us to stop being faithful? A difficult day? 
struggle at work? Relationship problems? Bad weather? Fight with your wife? Being offended by somebody at church? What's it take? What's it take for us to say, I'm not going to be faithful anymore? Christian, we need to be faithful in the year to come to the one who was faithful all the way to the cross for you and I. He died the death of the cross. He went all the way. He never stopped loving you. For God so loved the world that he gave and 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 he never said, hey, I want it back. He's faithful. The conclusion is, Christian, we need to be faithful to the Lord in 2024. We need to be faithful to the Lord. More faithful this year than we were last year. And let me give you a practical thought here as well. Number two, can I tell you how you can fulfill God's purpose and God's conclusion for your life in a very, very practical very rubber meets the road way. And I believe this. If I didn't believe it, I wouldn't put so much emphasis. I wouldn't labor towards it as a church. We wouldn't focus on it as a help. Number two, be faithful to your Sunday school class and teacher this year. I love the opportunity we have to come together and learn the word of God. And I praise God for fellowships. We're going to fellowship tonight. I love to fellowship. But the importance of learning the word of God. The importance of, of growing together and learning together. And what a wonderful opportunity we have as a local church. that We have folks that have submitted themselves to be used in service. And submitted themselves to teach and labor. My wife now for 18 and a half years. Her every Sunday has been teaching our young children. And our children's Sunday school. As soon as we're done with our classrooms, which, by the way, is coming very, very, very soon. Uh, praying before February is here, we're done. But as soon as that happens, our plan is to, uh, to take that big children's Sunday school class. It's a big, broad range. And we're going to split that class and ask some other folks to help teach a new Sunday school class. And we're excited about our teen Sunday school and our adult Sunday school program and all of that, can I encourage you to be faithful to learning the Word of God and to allow that awesome tool to be available for you, for your family? We so often don't know the Word of God because we don't study it, we don't read it. And we don't learn the Word of God. I saw a man on social media a day or two ago who was videoing himself and it was in the U.S. I know it was U.S. because I, he had a $20 U.S. bill in his hand and he was walking up to people somewhere I think in California and said, I'll give you $20 if you can quote a Bible verse to me. Brother Jim, it was person after person after person after person after person after person. No, no, can't, no, not interested. Uh, swear word this, swear word that. No, 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 no. I can't. No, I'm not biblical. I don't know. Finally, an older gentleman, late 60s, early 70s, and I can quote you a bunch of Bible verses. He started preaching to the guy. Uh, he knew the word of God. 
And the guy tried to give money. No, I don't want any money. I don't need your money. I just, I, I want people to know the word of God. But that's the culture we live in. If you took $1,000 on the street and said, hey, quote one Bible verse, it'd take a long time before somebody came by who could even quote a Bible verse. And I'm afraid, I'm afraid that even amongst some born-again believers, I'm afraid even amongst those who know the Lord Jesus Christ, that so many of us, we don't really know the Bible because we don't study it. We don't memorize it. We don't focus on the teaching of the Word of God. The Bible says, Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For you to keep the commandments of God, you have to know them. I remember going fishing. I shared the story before. I was fishing on the North Saskatchewan River. I was fishing with... Uh, who was with me, and there on the bank was a, uh, some folks from Myanmar. And a fellow there was fishing, and I caught a, we caught a walleye, I think. And I said, that's a shame we got to put it back. And this fellow who had come uh, from Burma a few years before, he said, yeah, he said, I learned the hard way. He said, when I came to Canada, he said, I didn't know there were fishing regulations. He said, I bought a fishing license. I came to the river. I caught some fish. <laughs> I carried the fish back to my car. Fishing game officer met me in my car and said, what do you have? I said, I caught some fish. He said, I was excited. I caught fish. I'm going to take them home and cook for my family. And he said, he took my fish. <laughs> they wrote me a ticket. I had to go to court. I had to pay several hundred dollars because I didn't know the law. He said, now I know the law. I make sure. <laughs> I check the rules. <laughs> I make sure I know. I catch a fish. Okay, what's the rules say? I got to know. How many of us? Don't know the commandments of God. The main reason we don't keep them, we don't know them. In a very practical way, I really believe the opportunity for us in our Sunday school ministry at our church. Not the only way we learn the Word of God, but a wonderful tool. A wonderful tool for you, for your family, to learn the Bible, to grow. Be faithful in attending. There's 52 weeks in a year, last I checked. I think even in a leap year, there's still 52 weeks, just one extra day. But every one of us should decide we want to be faithful. We want to be faithful to opportunities for learning. If I announced on our announcement slides that next Sunday Jesus was coming to teach at Cornerstone Baptist Church, like, oh, you'd be calling, man, you got to come. Jesus. Jesus is speaking. <laughs> He's going to be here. He's gonna, we're going to learn from Jesus. Amen. Jesus, the word of God who became flesh and live amongst us. Every time we gather, we open the Word of God. I, I'm not opposed to red-letter Bibles, uh, you know, the words of Christ in red. I, I think that's a great thing. But I think sometimes we forget every word is God's Word. Not just those ones in red in the New Testament. 
That's just a way for you to say when, when Jesus was speaking in the, in, the, in the Gospels. But every word, God's word. Not man's word. God's word. And we can come and we can grow and we can learn from the word of God together. Number three. The Bible says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. Can I speak to you about another duty that every one of us have? A duty to the Lord, a duty to learn the word of God. Number three, a duty to be faithful to your family. In 2024, may I encourage us, may we be faithful to our families. Dad, number one, husband, number one. The Bible says in Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives. Very specific, your wife. That's somebody else's wife. Not, not the wife you want to have. Not, not the wife you think you need. Love your wives. How? How do I love them? Even as Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. Man, can I tell you, those of you that are married, God has a purpose and a plan for you to be faithful to your wife. You're to be as faithful to your wife as Christ is to the church. You're to love your wife the way Christ loves the church. Now, do we always love God the right way? No. But he still loves us. He still loves us. Before we go any farther with this matter of the family, there is a breakdown of families and homes across our, our world. Our culture is breaking apart. And I believe 99% of the responsibility lays on the shoulders of dads and fathers and husbands because we're not obeying God's command to be faithful. I spent several years ministering in the inner, inner city of Chicago. You know, a common denominator in most of the homes that I ministered in, in the inner city of Chicago? Dad was gone. He didn't care. The crumbling erosion of families across our world start with husbands not being faithful to their wives, not being faithful to their children. But it starts, the beginning, the first crumbling begins with not being faithful to your wife. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ loves the church and gave himself for it. Number two, thought about this matter of being faithful to your family. Wives, First Ephesians 5 says, wives, submit yourselves into your own husbands. It's amazing how the Lord has to differentiate here to, to get us to understand as unto the Lord, it goes on in verse 23 to say, the husband's the head of the wife, even as Christ's the head of the church, and he's the savior of the body. Wives, there's to be a submission to your husband. By the way, it's a mutual submission. And we see that picture. The Bible speaks about the husband being uh, the picture of the head, like Christ is the head of the church, savior of the body. How wonderful it is to be in that place in God's plan of protection. I've been outside before with an umbrella. I remember going 
to go out soul winning in Florida years ago, and it was raining. And I went and I bought a jacket, a rain jacket. I bought an umbrella, big red and black golf umbrella. I still have it to this day. I've never used it golfing. I've got that umbrella. I remember going out. I held it up. A man praised God. And then I went to go soul winning, and the rain stopped all day. I walked around and used it like a cane. Uh, it was foreshadowing me falling down the stairs. But I, I used that cane. But if it rained, I wanted to be under the umbrella. I wanted the protection that umbrella gave me. God has a pattern for our families. Ultimately, the Lord Jesus Christ is that umbrella of protection and leadership over the family and over the home unit. We see the picture of the husband to love his wife as Christ loved the church. We see the picture of the husband is to be that protection of the wife the protection of the family. And wives are being submission. We see a beautiful picture of God's plan for protection for the home, protection for the family unit, God's love shown abroad. And yet, what do we see today? We see families not faithful. Not faithful. We see relationships splitting up. We see commitments that were made that are broken. We see nothing but battles when God wants there to be that mutual surrender one to another in the protection of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the way, we see as well the Lord doesn't stop there with wives. It goes on in Ephesians 6 to say, Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Obedience. God told King Saul. God told King Saul that he had more pleasure in obedience than he had in sacrifice. Basically, he said, Saul, if you have a choice to either sacrifice to me or obey me, choose obedience. That's the highest thing you can do is obey. Obey the Lord Jesus Christ. You know why so many of us struggle with obeying Christ? You know why so many grown adults have trouble obeying the Word of God? Because you never learned to obey your parents. Parents, you do your children a great disservice. And you do our culture and the generations to come a great disservice when you don't make your children behave. You don't make them obey. We have swallowed the lie of the devil that says, oh, I just, I'll let my kids do whatever they want. They're their own person. I'll let them be whatever they want, do whatever they want. They can decide what happens to the family. Thank you for ruining the world. It's your fault. You bear responsibility for the brokenness in our world when you do that. God says, children, obey your parents in the Lord for it's right. Not, not because that's... You know, if, if you want to, if you think that's right. No, God says it's right. Children, I know we just have teens here. Our young kids are upstairs. But teenagers, 2024, 20, you need to obey your parents. With two-way street parents, you need to expect obedience from your children. That doesn't start at 16 to 17. That needs to start at one, two, three years old. Because if you don't do that, 
Oh, yeah, when they, when they get older, they're going to obey me. I just last week I was in the mall and I watched as a, a six-year-old, five, six, seven-year-old child cursed his mother out. And the mother very demurely said, okay, whatever you want. Someday she'll probably visit him in prison. Because she didn't expect him to obey. We have to be faithful. By the way, if we're going to be faithful, we have to be faithful to every aspect of God's plan for the family. We can't pick and choose the parts we like. We need to follow God's course and God's plan. Lastly, a family that is faithful, by the way, I believe will be pleasing to God. Number four, as we think about how we can obey God's conclusion, be faithful to your church your local church and all its ministries. Before I go any farther, may I say that if, if this church is that place, then you need to be here. You need to be faithful. If this is not the place, you need to find that place. Every believer needs to be faithful to the local church and the ministries and purposes of that church. By the way, faithfulness, we see many aspects of faithfulness for us as we join together as we uh, assemble ourselves together. It's a matter of giving. It's a matter of assembling yourselves together and not forsaking. In other words, being faithful. Not just when I want to be faithful. Praise God, many of you probably tomorrow have off work. You get to relax. I'm going to take the day off tomorrow. I've already planned on it. I'm not sure if I'm going to take another day off until February or March, but I am taking tomorrow off. <laughs> Tuesday, most of you are going to go back to work. And Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday. You know, if you go back to work on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, you think, you know what? I really liked being off on Monday. That was nice. I mean, I got to sleep in. Didn't have to do anything. I think I'm just going to stay home from work on Wednesday. Your phone rings. Hello? It's your boss. What am I? Well, I'm just, I stayed home today. Well, I know I'm supposed to be at work, but, you know, I kind of like being home. Um, don't bother coming in tomorrow. <laughs> we'll find somebody else to do your job. We understand in this matter of employment, the matter of faithfulness. I believe we ought to be faithful. The Bible says a man that doesn't provide for his own is worse than an infidel. I believe we ought to be faithful. I believe we ought to be diligent. We ought to do everything we do is unto the Lord. We ought, to, we ought to serve in whatever capacity God has for us. As you work, you ought to work as unto the Lord. But I don't believe they're earning a paycheck and providing for our family, although that's important. I don't believe it's more important than being faithful to our God. If it's a matter of being faithful to our God, or faithful to something else, God always take pre takes precedence. I, I'm not, I don't want to judge how we make decisions, but I want to share a testimony from my life as a young man. When I was 19 years old, I was working for a company that said to me, you know, you have to work mandatory overtime. And I said, I'll gladly work more hours than you want me to work. 
I said, I'll work double the hours, the extra hours. And I said, here's when I can work those hours. I said, no, you, you'll work them on Sunday. And I looked at my boss. I said, sir, I'm sorry. I said, but that's not going to happen. I said, I will work more hours than any person in this building, but I will not work on Sunday. I was fired. I lost my job. Surprise, surprise, God took care of me. Amen. Imagine that. I'm not telling you you can't work on Sunday, but I am telling you that if you don't set a precedent that God and being faithful to God is more important than anything else, there's going to be a problem in your life. Amen. There's always going to be those areas where, ah, this is this is okay. I can let this be the most important thing again. God has to be that center and that anchor. And one of the ways that we can do that is as we are faithful to the local church, as we give. As we, we give missions giving, just a moment ago, I looked in my office and Brother Jim put a Bible on my desk. I can't read it because I can't read uh, the language. What is it again? I can't even say that word. That's a hard word for me. I like Mongolian barbecue. That's really good. Mongolian beef is really nice. Uh, but there's a first edition printing of the Mongolian New Testament on the desk in my office. And can I tell you how that Bible was printed and the way it was provided for us? Because part of that, you gave. Our church and other churches said, hey, we want to have a part in helping to get the word of God in the Mongolian language. Now, as we're faithful to give, we also have an opportunity to serve and to see God do so many things. But faithful in our missions giving, faithful in our attendance, faithful in sharing our faith. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. I'm not going to ask for testimonies this morning, but I wonder if we think about it. When's the last time that you tried to share your faith with somebody? I know. It's difficult. Brother Milton and I were out yesterday trying to talk to folks, and we didn't necessarily have people knocking us down trying to get the gospel, did we, Milton? Uh, we had them knocking us down trying to get us out of their doorway a few places, but I, I know it's difficult. But when's the last time you tried to share, share your faith? When's the last time you just said, hey, can I give you a gift from our church? When's the last time you told somebody about Christ? May we be faithful to share our faith. This morning we gave out these Bible reading schedules. Can I tell you what these are? These are just a tool. I've got lots of tools in my house. Lots. Brother Jim, when they sold their house, one of the biggest things he had to do was go through his tools. I was there for some of it as he had so many tools in the garage. He, he can't take them all in his car. He does drive a Buick, so he might need most of those tools to get down the road. But I've got a lot of tools in my garage. I've got a big tool chest, lots of tools. But my goal is to not use any of those tools. My goal is nothing breaks down. I don't have to get any tools out. I don't have to use it. But a tool sitting in a drawer doesn't do anything. This is just a tool. But if you put this tool to use, it'll help you be faithful to the Word of God. It'll help you be faithful to reading the Bible, faithful to prayer. I couldn't tell you how many times just this week I've got message, the message, Pastor, can you pray for this? Can you pray for this person? We have one of our one of our. Young children in hospital now. Michael's been in hospital for seven days, eight days. The Benez boys were in hospital back home now. They've been sick. We've got 
we got a message from Chona a bit ago. The, uh, our youngest is, Elijah's not doing well. We've got several that are sick. I've got messages from folks. Hey, can you pray about this? Hey, can you pray for this person? May we be faithful to pray for one another. May we be faithful to be faithful to every aspect of our local church. Faithful. Can I encourage you that in 2024, and I, I, I truly, truly, truly believe that if we would just be faithful to the services of the local church, if we'd be faithful to the word of God, if we'd be faithful to prayer, if we'd be faithful to learning and growing, I believe God would answer all the questions that we're going to have arise in the new year. Amen. All the questions of how do I do this? How do I deal with this? What, how do I go forward? If we're faithful, it causes excitement for others. Faithful. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God. By the way, when it says fear God, it's not talking about shaking and hiding in the corner because you think God's going to hurt you. It's talking about reverencing and understanding who God is. Understanding his authority, his sovereignty. Understanding that when God speaks, I'm to obey. Fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man I'm excited about the new year I'm excited about all the things the Lord has for us I'm excited about some things I get to share next week and I believe some wonderful things that the Lord tarries is coming we can, we can have a part in in the year to come but I'm more excited about us making commitments to be faithful to him if we would make that commitment to be faithful to our God, faithful to our family, faithful to learning the word of God, faithful to the local church, I believe we would see growth this year. I'm not talking about growing numbers of people. I'm talking about you and I growing in our walk with God, growing in our outreach, growing in our endeavors for Christ. Growing in what we can accomplish for the Lord Jesus Christ in the new year. That's the conclusion. Let's just be faithful. Let's pray together. Lord, I pray you'd help us. As we stand looking on what may be in the future, as we think about the year to come, if you tarry, you're coming. As we conclude this year, Lord, I pray that we would see that you have a purpose for us to be faithful. May we be faithful to you. Lord, you're so faithful to us. You never fail us. You've never once let us down. Lord, last year we failed you. We've all failed. We've all let you down in some way. None of us can say, Lord, we were perfect. Lord, I pray we would commit to be more faithful this year. Lord, this last year there was times that we allowed things, circumstances, people, situations, relationships, 
anger, hurt, disappointment to cause us to stop being faithful. Lord, may we commit today that we're going to be more faithful in the year to come. Lord, I pray that we'd be faithful in learning the word of God. I thank you for the opportunity we have here to, to learn and grow together in our Sunday schools. Lord, I thank you for the teachers and Lord, for the new teachers that will be involved in the year to come. Lord, I pray you would use that arm and aspect of the local church in every life, every family, every man, every woman, every teenager, every young person here. Lord, I pray for the families here this morning. I pray for husbands, that they be faithful to love their wives. God, may we have character and conviction to be faithful to our families, to be faithful to our spouse. Lord, I pray for wives, Lord, that they would yield to their husbands. Lord, that they would find that wonderful place of serving together under the umbrella of the Lord Jesus Christ and the authority of the home. Lord, you would give us peaceful marriages, loving marriages, happy marriages, solid, faithful, unshakable marriages in our church. Lord, I pray for the children in our church. I think of our young people up in children's church even now. Lord, I pray that they would learn to obey. Lord, I pray their parents would help them in that endeavor. Pray for our teenagers here this morning. Lord, may they realize the importance of obeying their parents. May they realize the importance of yielding to them as they yield to the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I know that there's a great attack against the homes and against families, even in this room. Lord, I love the families in this church. Lord, I pray you build a hedge of protection around every one of them. Lord, I pray we be faithful to our families. Lord, I pray for our church, our local church here. Lord, I pray that we would, as members, would realize the responsibility we have to be faithful in every aspect of our service. Lord, would you help us this year to yield to you to obey your commands and to fulfill the duty, the purpose, the conclusion of all things. Lord, I pray you bless us now. Lord, be with decisions made here this morning. Lord, if there be one here that knows you're not a Savior, Lord, I pray today that they would know without a doubt that you love them. They would know that you left heaven and came to earth, became flesh and dwelt amongst us. That you lived a sinless, perfect life. That you were beaten and crucified. That you died, were buried, and rose again to pay their debt. And that you offer to them eternal life by grace through faith. And they must only believe to receive. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here like that today that's never been born again, never believed in the Lord Jesus Christ for salvation. Lord, I pray they do so today. Give them the courage to step out by faith and come and say, Pastor, I need to be saved. I need to trust Christ. Lord, would you work in hearts today? In your precious name we pray.